0: Howdy friends, I'm Molly, your host today, and I would like to welcome you back to the No Boundaries International podcast. So as a reminder, this podcast is meant to be used as a tool to help equip you in your walk with Jesus in the areas of restoration, training, and of course, outreach. So it's super fun because we do this by using a combination of three things. We combine exploring biblical principles and then we also take a closer look at concepts found in our Journey of Restoration, CPRE course. And then lastly, we have tons and tons and tons of discussions surrounding what it means to follow Jesus in these three areas. So let's get started, super excited. Because for today's episode, we are going to welcome back our very own Dr. Tracy Rogers as we continue on with our mini series that comes right out of the devotional that Dr. Tracy has written. So, as a reminder, she is the executive director of our No Boundaries International Amarillo base, and then drum roll, please. <laughs> We also have joining us our very own Sandy Orchard. Sandy is our vice president and co-founder, and I like to refer to her her as our brain. I mean, not our brain, our Bible geek. Yeah, What happened to the brain side? I know, our brain geek. She's busy. She's doing other things. (laughs) So we get our Bible geek. There you go. So, Sandy, welcome. Well, thanks. We're super excited to have you guys and... Let's just say before we get started, we probably do need to do a little bit of a recap of what we talked about thus far, right? So, so far in this mini series, we started our first episode where we established that God wants a relationship with us and that everything else will stem from this truth. So we established that we were actually created for relationship with our creator to know him in an experiential way and not just know things about him. So then that took us to the second episode where we talked about how if we're made for relationship, then there must be a way that he's communicating with us and that we communicate with him because it'd be super weird to have a relationship where there's no there's no communication. So we looked at how God still speaks to us, and then we looked at the way that he does it and then how to discern that it really is the voice of God. And then in the last episode, we talked about passion, that internal driving force, that thing that drives us and how that thing that drives us can either be towards the cross and towards the kingdom of heaven or towards death and away from the kingdom of heaven. And there's really not an in-between. So that lands us right here for today's session, where we're going to look at excerpts again from Dr. Tracy's devotional, where she now is going to invite the reader to examine the things in their lives that either fuel them or drain them, and then why that even matters in your walk with Jesus. So, Sandy, will you go ahead and read from the devotional? Sure. So it says, what activities recharge you? Human nature wants to
1: answer this question by looking at things that we enjoy. But I want us to look a little deeper. Just because we enjoy something doesn't mean it recharges us. This certainly could fall into the self-care category. Think about your car. It was made to go. If you want your car to continue going, you have to do maintenance or self-care. A car has to have oil changes, the tires rotated and replaced, windshield wipers replaced, etc. But what happens if you do all the maintenance like clockwork and the car runs out of fuel? Well, then there's no maintenance that'll get it uh, to get it going. It has to be filled up. And we're the same way. There are things that we have to do to maintain a healthy lifestyle, such as eating right, exercise, sleep, spend time with Jesus, etc. But we also have to know what, uh, when we need to be refueled and recharged. Today, burnout is an enormous issue, especially in certain fields. Many contribute burnout to the lack of self-care. Of course, that plays a part, but I think that we, we forget to consider that refueling our tank is part of it, too. In my opinion, we need to do a better job of, of defining self-care. Teaching people how to maintain a healthy lifestyle is extremely important, but it seems that we tend to stop there and we never really look at what it takes to be refueled, re, refilled and recharged. In the, in the event we are teaching that, we tend to skip the healthy lifestyle, but it takes both maintenance and recharge. Think of the car again. The maintenance is virtually the same no matter the the year, make, or model. But the fuel is different. Some need gasoline, some premium, some no ethanol, and some electricity. Some cars can go for 300 miles and some 400. Not only does the mileage affect the gas, but also wind speed uh, and the type of driving. We watch that gauge in order to never run out of gas. And if we do that in our vehicles, shouldn't we also do that with ourselves? So... How do you know what recharges you? Think of it this way. Have you ever had a time that you were just grumpy or exhausted? Then you did something and suddenly you feel like you could go on for days. Don't try to think through your answer too much and certainly don't compare yourself to others. It's going to be different for everyone. For example, I love my family. I love seeing them and doing things with them, but as much as I enjoy that, it doesn't recharge me. It's certainly something I need, but it doesn't recharge me. That might sound horrible to some of you, but remember, a recharge is something that should be easy once we do it. I don't know about you, but for me, family isn't always easy. We're to run the race like in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 26, and we have to make sure that we're staying fit and doing maintenance or self-care, refueling before we run out of gas. And it's not just a race to the finish line, but rather think of it as a great treasure hunt. The ultimate find is in heaven. But as we go along the way, God gives us buried treasure that we can find and enjoy now.
0: Mm. Yeah. This is so critical. Like, and I like then, Dr. Tracy, how right out of the gate, right? You're talking about how being recharged isn't necessarily the same thing as just doing the things that you enjoy. And we can so quickly get those two things confused or crossed over. And I mean, like, I enjoy watching action movies, right? Like, love it. Love a good action movie. Love a good storyline. Love to see, you know, the little, like, fake fights and things (laughs) like that. (laughs) But, like, I can watch. I can sit down and say I'm going to just binge watch three action movies. But that's not actually recharging me. Mm -hmm. Like, I might be enjoying them, but it's not actually putting any gas in my fuel tank. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like... I don't know. I enjoy working on projects, but in that same way, if they require a whole lot of focus or a whole lot of brain power, like I can easily use up all of my fuel doing it. But then that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't like the project, just that I need a little re up. Mm-hmm. So I like how you clearly are kind of getting the reader to examine, like, not just the things that you enjoy and in today's society, like culturally, a lot of times they're just like, Ooh, take a self-care day, meaning go do what you want or like, go do what you think is fun. Right. So I think my question for you two then is, as two people who are leading ministries, like we kind of want to know, like, then what recharges you guys? Like what's your daily or weekly or monthly like rhythm?
1: Yeah, I think for, um, for me, and I think that's an interesting question because, What you're asking is, do you really know yourself well enough to know what recharges you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so some of that's going to be a little bit like you've had to, you've had to kind of test the waters a little bit and experience things. But if you're not, you know, like if you're not paying attention to what refuels you and what doesn't refuel you, you're going to just going to drift through life Mm -hmm. and you're not going to. You're not gonna mature in your walk with Jesus to know what refuels you in that in your relationship with him so that's a really good question to actually have mm. so for me um, so like I know I know the average listener doesn't know me from Adam but like I'm an introvert and so um, no way <laughs> <laughs> And so as that, uh, being an introvert, so for me, I, like, one of the things that I have to have is I have to have, like, a Bible study time in the morning, first thing when I get up, because I just know, as I've done life over the years, that, like, if I just miss a day, I'm doing that and not, like, worshiping God and center on Him and, and His heart and His love, if I don't center on that every single day, my whole day is just, like, wrecked. I just... I don't know what I mean. I, I can't explain it on a spiritual level, but like, it just I, I just feel unsettled, and I, I and it affects my relationships with people. I think mm-hmm. that's really where the fruit is. Is that like you? I like I'll find myself being impatient or cranky, or, or and you know, and so it affects another person. Yeah, and so um, I just have to have that. I have to have that thing first thing in the morning, so it centers me through the whole day. And then my other thing on the end, other end of the day, is is like. I have to have like an hour or so before I go to bed, just to wind down and and again recenter on Jesus. Um, and then I know too. The other thing is like I've it's I'm kind of slow to learn sometimes is that I've I've got to have a certain number of hours of sleep at night, mm-hmm. or that just it it depletes. I get exhausted by like continually running with not enough sleep. Yeah. So those mm-hmm. are the three big things for me as the little. Introvert in the world, so
0: (laughs) who's surrounded by extroverts? extroverts. (laughs) Yikes! (laughs) Sorry, Sandy. Well, that's okay. (laughs) So, Tracy,
2: what about you? Well, I'm not an introvert. Okay, how would you (laughs) describe yourself then? Yeah, um you know, I'm I'm definitely more of an extrovert than introvert. But you know, I have my favorite way to start my day. Is you know those old fashioned <laughs> hair dryer chairs? Oh man!
1: You mean and, like with the clear globe on top? Yes. That thing? Yes. Like you look like a Martian?
2: I do. <laughs> and my chair's red, and it's so cute, but it drowns out everything else. And so so
1: that, wait a minute. You, so you like every morning you sit under that thing, like whether you have wet hair or dry hair or whatever? Yes. Oh, yes. Where did you
2: get this? So like I Amazon? I, no, I. Jesus loves me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned to my husband that I really needed something to drown out the noise. And because I'm a, probably a little ADD. Uh-huh. Okay. You know. Understatement of the year. I Probably. So you're easily distracted. Easily distracted. Okay. And so it was really hard for me when I was trying to have my quiet time with Jesus. You know, I could hear my husband. I could hear the dogs. I could hear, you know, the neighbor down the street, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I would. I wish I had one of those chairs. Those hair. But drivers. that takes some self awareness.
1: At I mean, yeah. like if you're not paying right? attention to how, like, you know, how you're responding to the world, that takes some self awareness to realize. And that may have taken some time. It took to, a lot of years, you know. But that's a good thing. Yeah. Because then you you realize, oh, I'm easily distracted. What can I do about that? Right. So anyway, I'm starting to and interrupt.
2: Yeah. So so then I tell my husband, and he he really loves to stop at estate sales. Mm. Mm -hmm. and which is great for him but so he stops at this estate sale and there's a chair of course there is a (laughs) hairdryer chair that works that is exactly what i described to him and so he he calls me and says i'm bringing you a present did you have any clue no (laughs) it wasn't even on my radar because what are the chances and so i love sitting under that and i can tell the difference if i haven't gotten to Yeah, You know, even throughout the day, if I get just overwhelmed or something, I can go sit under it and just kind of have a moment and it's fantastic. Yeah. You know, but then, so then the other side of that is like, I think about the things that we do here at No Boundaries and the thing that really refills me is when I get to speak in front of people. It Mm -hmm. does refuel you. It does.
1: I love it. Yep. Oh man, that's such a draining thing for me.
2: (laughs) Which is so funny because before No Boundaries... If I had to talk in Des- front of describe, adults. Describe but describe why you're saying that you your former profession was I was a children's pastor. Okay. And so I could talk in front of five hundred children or children's leaders because they were just taller than the kids. I mean <laughs> <Right>. same <laughs> same vibe. Same vibe. But even to do announcements in the church, I was so nervous and so terrified because they were all these big people were looking at me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it's so funny that that's what God made me passionate about now. Yeah. You know, because I love it, whether I'm sharing about human trafficking or whether I'm and I really love it when we get to share how they can walk in victory and and why Jesus really died on that cross, not that it's for our salvation. And it's for so much more than that. Like Mm -hmm. he wants us to have that life today. Yeah. And so I love being able to share with people. And those things really refuel me. Wow, that's a big change. I mean, how did you get...
1: So how did you go from, you know, the little people to the tall people? What was that journey in between? Did you have to face a fear or something? Oh, I was terrified. You were? Oh, I was absolutely terrified. So was that like you knew it was a fear and you gave it to God and he healed it? Or was it a progressive
2: thing? It was pretty instant because I'm like, okay, Jesus, if this is what you're calling me to do, then you're going to have to do this because I can't. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just not... Smart enough to figure out how to do it on my own. So hmm. I didn't even try because. Yeah. Because I was super shy when I was young. What? I know. I wouldn't even talk to people. I can't, I <laughs> cannot even imagine
0: that. That's so strange.
1: So it's interesting. Like, so you're like a physical manifestation of how God changes people. Yeah. 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 You're a living testimony. Oh, oh, look look That's <laughs>
0: amazing. And I like how, Sandy, how you brought up the point of how it can be progressive. Like, you might not know all the things that immediately recharge or refuel you. You know, like, it can be over time that you start to discover these things. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think that as you walk in relationship with the Lord, and as He introduces you to Himself and then introduces you to yourself Mm -hmm. in light of Him, like, that's whenever you kind of get to know, like, oh this is, this is, I'm coming alive in this, or, oh, man, no, that is the worst thing that I've ever done in my entire life. Like, you kind of start to get this, this gauge. But it's only really found, like, in relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I know, like, for me, then that sleep, Sandy, Mm -hmm. that's a big one. Like, Mm -hmm. if I'm not sleeping, something isn't right. And it comes out in Mm -hmm. the ways of not so much that I will Not so much cranky, but my attention is gone Mm -hmm. and then my hyperactivity is like heightened. So it's very uh, odd. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I don't feel tired and I'm not like, oh, I just haven't got enough sleep. I'm like, oh, I haven't got enough sleep. And I get even more excited and I'm less uh, steady. And I'm probably, I mean, I'm just going to say it maybe just a little bit annoying to the people (laughs) around me. I like, don't believe but that. I'm just going to, I'm doing less self-awareness, right? Right. But I know that I have to guard that. Like I have to make sure that that's something like my sleep schedule. I have to guard it because I, if I don't, I know where my brain will automatically start going and mm-hmm. I'll start getting more and more up or mm-hmm. more and more excited. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm not like listening to like, learning something, if I don't tell my brain to learn a new thing from the Bible or to listen to this scripture or to dive into this uh, teaching or something, like, then I will go on 10,000 different rabbit trails Mm -hmm. that don't have anything to do with anything. And the people around me are the ones who pay for that, you know, like it affects our relationships. Mm -hmm. And people can tell like, whoa, malls are how's your sleep schedule and whoa what are you learning right now mm-hmm. from the lord like what is jesus putting in you and if i can't tell you those things like something something's not right right like i'm not being refueled i'm just being drained but in my draining i tend to go up in a little bit weird mm. up and out <laughs>
2: up and out i love
0: it so good so then, Dr. Tracy, why is this idea of refueling important? Like, what's the biggest benefit?
2: You know, I think, let me back up before I answer that. Is yeah. That okay. Back it up. Come and on. so, you know, we get lots of social workers for interns and they spend classes talking about self-care. Mm-hmm. But so many of those college students, when they come, they're like, "How do we? How are we supposed to do self care? We can't afford to go get a massage. We can't afford to go do this or do that because they're they just think kind of like you said, it's the self care day. I'm going to take a day for myself, and and they've never been taught that it's it's so much more yeah. than just going and getting a massage. I mean, we all love that, but yeah. Not everybody has that extra $60 or whatever it's going to cost. Right. You know? And so I think that it's so important that we, we learn and we're self-aware and we know what those things are to refuel us and recognize that they don't have to be big things. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not going to be the same. There's not a cookie cutter response like, oh, well, you have this job, so this is going to refuel you. Right. You know, and to separate, help them realize that there's such a difference between enjoying something. Yeah. and being rejuvenated and yeah, you know, and so I think it's just it helps them if they can learn that. I mean, I wish I would have learned that at a much younger age. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. man, I would have been way more productive. Yeah. You know, and so I think it's just it just helps them to to know and to to be able to do the things and and really walk in the fullness of Christ when we recognize what refills us.
0: Yeah. Because then, I mean, you can tell someone who's walking around on empty.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: Like, you can just feel it. I mean, you know, you you might know before they know. <laughs> I think most of the time we do. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, especially with all, I mean, for those of you who don't know, so can you just describe it? Because you're talking about interns and people that you get. So we just talk about a little bit about what No Boundaries Amarillo does on a weekly just to like
2: people can get a feel for sure. And so yeah, this we, could be interesting, right? <laughs> so we do, um, you know, we work with people in hard places and mm-hmm. we want them to understand that there is, they were created for a purpose yeah. and there's hope. And so everything we do, we want to reinstall hope and give them dignity and and help them to know that they're loved and they're beautiful and they're worth it without judgment, without condemnation. And we do, because of that, we also work with a lot of those that are impacted by human trafficking. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one of the big things that we're really, that I'm kind of harping on is that we want to blame human trafficking on a highway or on the internet. When, if we could get the body of Christ to walk in the fullness of his destiny, come on, then we would stop wanting to purchase people or look at sites or pictures that we shouldn't be looking at. Yeah. And that's where it really changes. Yeah. It's it's not because of an interstate, but, you know. It it's starts a, in people's hearts. Yeah. Right. Imagine that.
0: Which is, that's why it's a supply and demand issue. Right. Not a, not a highway Not a highway issue. issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's why I just want people to get, like, so if you're working in kind of these high... Uh, energy high risk areas with people who like really need they They need need, a lot of care yes. yes and they need people who are bringing peace and who are bringing joy and kindness and gentleness and people who are bringing the fruit of the spirit and when we're not refueled or if you have interns or if your team is running hot as dr laurie says yes. or gets a little out there like it affects how you minister
2: absolutely, absolutely. and, and you can't sustain help. it right i mean then we're ending up our then our friends are coming in and ministering to us because we're in worse shape than they are at that yes. point yes and that's exhausting
1: <laughs> i think somebody was uh said that like we have to minister And I hate, and that's not even a really good word, but we have to, you know, help others through an overflow
2: of our heart. Yes.
1: And if we Mm -hmm. don't have that overflow by doing the things that you're talking about, like the refueling and and having an intentional focus on Jesus every day and finding Him throughout the day, then there's no overflow. And so what happens is you're you're gonna instead of being able to access that overflow, you're gonna try to you're like you're just left with yourself, and so you're gonna end up. Trying to help other people just out of your own self-effort, which is exhausting, right. especially with people that require lots of care. And it, and it it could be anyone. It could be just some family member who's sick that requires long-term care, or it could be somebody with a drug addiction. I mean, and there's a million different scenarios, mm-hmm. but it's still all the same thing. Is like, you know, where are you going to draw the resources from? Is it going to be yourself that you're you're just you're carrying the burden all yourself, carrying the load, or or you know, looking to Jesus every single day? and getting refueled by him. Right. And one thing I do want to mention, so describe like you had already asked, the, like Molly had asked the question about what does NBI Amarillo do, but describe also like you're talking about people that walk in the doors of mm-hmm. our your building,
2: but also describe how you go out. And so we, um, you know, whether they're coming in for food or clothes, that's primarily, or for inner healing, that's when they come into us. And then we go out into those hotels where there's lots of, um, questionable activities. Yes. That's (laughs) our favorite place to go. Yes. And then we also go into um, different strip clubs and minister to those that are being exploited in those clubs. But that puts us that we're ministering to those that are in there as customers, as well as management, as well as the girls. Mm -hmm. We are just, and we've watched customers have radical encounters with Jesus Wow! in the middle of the club. Or the, the managers too, or right? Or the managers, absolutely. I mean, you,
0: you just told us the other day that the, who was it? The DJ? Uh-huh.
2: Like called, what happened? So the manager sent him to us because They he, sent the DJ to you? Yes. Because the DJ was having some struggles and- The strip club DJ. Yes. <laughs> was sent to us by the strip club manager to, because he knew that we would would really help him. Yeah. And point him to the right direction what like
0: do you, that kind of like you can't go into that kind of an that kind of an area if you're trying to do it in your own strength mm-hmm. or if you're trying to muster the whatever up mm-hmm. like if it's all in your power then you're the one who has to sustain it yeah but that is wild
1: so you're changing the strip club from the inside out yes. by bringing jesus into there yes from the inside out just like you know like jesus would dust us that's amazing right
0: yeah and it sounds biblical. I mean, that's what Jesus did. That's where he was hanging. Well, like, I mean, <laughs>
2: yeah, he was accused of hanging, hanging out, out with sinners. Sinners, yeah. and sinners and, and taxpayers. Right. And the taxpayers. Like, yeah. I mean, if he was on the earth today, that's the places he would be. Yeah. Yes.
1: And then, yeah.
2: And like speaking truth. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, not telling them, shame, shame, shame. You shouldn't be doing this, but saying, do you know, there's a God that loves you? Yeah. That there's hope that there's, you have a purpose. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and it's a different
1: question for them, isn't it? So it kind of captures their attention. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's so good. And that's where I mean, and obviously, if you look at the fruit of what even the story that you just said, if you were coming in in shame and condemnation, there's no way that the manager would then refer the DJ to come here. Like, they know that they can come to you, that you're a safe place. And that's what Jesus does for us. Like, we know that we can come to him and that he's a safe spot, regardless of what the outside sin and gross is looking like. Like, it's just such an awesome picture.
1: But the you know, the and the reason why I wanted Dr. Tracy to describe the outreach they do is because um, you know, the subject matter is here is about refueling and what refuels you and 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 like I would imagine that's kind of a challenging outreach to do. And so and you do it frequently. And so you if you're not refueled continually from Jesus,
2: I mean I don't think Long
1: term, I don't think you could sustain
2: that. No, there's no way, and we've been doing that. I mean, for two and a half years. Yeah, and so there's there's absolutely no way we could do it, you know. And we've not we're not afraid to hold each other accountable and say, "Are you are you full? Can you do this tonight? Wow, you know, because it we realize that we're really literally going into the lion's den. Yeah, and we have to have that. The authority that's in us Mm -hmm. and recognize that and be walking in it and not let fear dictate what we're going to do. Yeah,
0: because if you're not careful, then the things that you're seeing there and experiencing there, like if you're not coming from a place of fullness, like those things will try to get in to you. And then what? Mm -hmm. You know, and then and then we wonder why we're burnt out or why? We can't do it anymore.
2: Well, and don't you think if you're full, if your tank is full, there's no room for that yuck. Right. That's true. Like it just, you can't, nothing else is going to fit.
0: The only thing that's going to come out is (laughs) what's in you. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think
1: too, that like from a biblical point of view, that like most of the Old Testament was the law, which said that, you know, things that are evil or dirty or, or contaminated, we want to stay way clear of that because it's going to it's going to hurt us it's going to affect us and so you know the evil things or the contaminated things have to stay outside of the camp sort of so to speak and then Jesus comes along in the new testament and totally flips it all around and mm-hmm. he's like yeah. um you know i'm i'm coming to you the leper and i'm not a, like he jesus is saying i'm not afraid that you're going to contaminate me so right. he says so basically he's encouraging us, the church, you know, those things are not going to hurt you Mm -hmm. if you're full of me. And so he flips the whole story around. And so instead of being afraid of something that will be evil or contaminate, that he's going to that. And he's calling us as the church to do the same thing, to go to that, because it's not going to hurt you, because Jesus is the one who's there and he's going to protect you and and fill you up and refuel you so so that you can do those things.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And so then it's not the fact that they're going to contaminate uh, like the evil is going to contaminate Just us, but actually but the what if, light is going to overtake. Right. So the, the light that we carry
1: goes on to them. It comes out from us and onto them.
0: Yeah. It's the opposite effect. Yes. That's... Ugh, don't you love him? I love it. <laughs> okay. So then, Dr. Tracy, you bring up how we're called to run the race, right? That's mentioned in 1 Corinthians 9 verses 24 and through 26. So... Let's just go ahead. yeah, let's just go ahead and read it. But it says, Do you not know that in a race, all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Ah! Therefore I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. And I like I like this verse really because it speaks directly like how in order to finish the race or in order to not burn out we have to run with direction. Do you know what I mean? Like we have to know actually exactly what we're training for it. Or in other words, that are recharging still needs to be disciplined. Mm -hmm. And I don't think a lot of people get that because I think sometimes we can start to think that just to finish the race or to recharge that we need to like take a break or we're just going to take a season or we're going to go on sabbatical. But if that's not disciplined, it gets so wonky. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to John Tyson (laughs) from Church of the City. And he says, you can lose your soul in a season, Mm. or you can lose your integrity in a season. And I like that because it's so true. But when people think about this word, like disciplined recharge, or even just this word discipline, it has such this negative connotation, but it's actually what's required to finish the race. So like, I like how, while we need to know the things that are refueling our hearts or refueling us spiritually, then we also have to make sure that it's in line with the ways of the kingdom. Because it's like we need to put that word discipline recharging into the perspective of what it means to give our lives before the Lord. Because it's a slippery slope when we refuse to refuel in the ways that he would ask us to. Because if we start using that I'm just going to take a season. I'm just going to take a break. But really, you're falling back into sin or idolatry Mm -hmm. because you're thinking that that's the thing that's
1: refueling you. you. Mm
0: -hmm. Like, that's so dangerous. Mm -hmm. It's so dangerous because you'll so quickly go right back, right back into the ways of the world. And actually, you'll end up drained and not doing anything that you're called to do. And I
1: think like, like for me, I'll just give my personal perspective is that, um, and both Molly and Dr. Tracy know this, but like, I tend to be kind of a methodical person. Like I'm a a kind of a a disciplined person. Like I get up really early in the morning and do my Bible stuff. Like I just described earlier, but I, I realized early on that, I mean, what you just said, Molly is super important. Like the discipline is really, really important. But if, I realize if I, don't do, if I don't do the discipline with the right perspective, like if I'm just doing it to check the box, yeah, or if yes. I'm doing it to learn something academic in the Bible, and if I'm not doing the discipline to connect my heart that day, like early in the morning or late at whatever that, you know, that moment that I'm in that discipline, if I don't do that to connect my heart to Jesus and... And worship him and find him in that moment. Then it it's it's become you know it's just a checkbox thing. Mm, mm-hmm. And so it, there's I mean it's just so slight you know it, it's just a slight thing. And so the I, I'm totally like even as a um, just my personal life I'm totally loving the discipline thing and that's what really helps me along. But if I don't do it with the right perspective, then it becomes it won't refuel me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I have I have to be intentional. And you, I think you had kind of mentioned that word a little bit, like I have to ha- be intentional and have purpose and strategy behind that, that refueling behind that discipline. And so if I don't in the every morning, connect my heart to Jesus and in relationship and in love with him, then it becomes just this academic exercise and, a, and a, just a fulfilling of the checkbox and it, and it does nothing. It does not refuel me. Yeah. And it's a thin, it's just a real slight line, but it, it's an important line.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I remember when um, I was talking to discipline with one of my friends and she was like, Molly, like with this in mind, like I need to, I was like, I need to get up and I need to be disciplined and I need to read my Bible and I need to pray. And she was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And she's like, when you do those things, like all that sounds great. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but if you can, before you just jump in to like doing it, to just get it done and say that you've been disciplined if you can get to a place of perfect peace and like calm and like really when you're listening to the Lord and then just begin to thank Him, like if you can start coming at it's just what helped me. Like if I can start my disciplined whatever by coming from a place of peace and a place of gratitude Mm -hmm. that then when I'm reading the word or whenever I'm journaling or whatever, then I'm naturally feeling more connected to his heart mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's not out of a place of chaos that I'm like, ah, OK, I just got to get recharged. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not going to do it. Right. But if I'm like, man, Lord, thank you. And I really want to seek your heart and I really want to connect mine with yours mm-hmm. in this like, and help me get a perspective for the day or for the moment or for the situation, like that changes
2: everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And and I think even for me, I had to learn that um, being disciplined didn't mean I was not um, able to be interrupted by God things, mm. you know, because That's as a good. as a children's pastor, I had to have every minute kind of planned because idle time with a group of children is, not the Dangerous. best <laughs> it's just not the best. <laughs> and so but I had to learn how to still be disciplined, but be, be seeking him and looking for opportunities that he was placing in front of me.
1: Yeah. hmm
2: You had to be open to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's really true.
1: You have to be open to the uh the God disruptions. Yes. And that can throw the discipline out the door. Yes. You know what I mean? Like like if my little discipline, okay, I'm gonna I'm going to read, like in my morning time, I'm going to read one chapter in the Old Testament, one chapter in Psalms, and one chapter in the New Testament. And then God comes along and says something else. Uh, Hey, how about just spending time with me? Or what about, like, look at Corinthians? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, And if you're not open to that, you're going to miss the whole thing, you know? Yes,
0: right. And that's why, I I mean, I try to do one of those, like, read through the Bible in three months. And Or when I first came to know Christ, I, I mean, I did it. Like, I mean, it's
1: a good thing. It's a good it's thing. Great. And it got it, in me. But, but the even better thing right. is the relational side
0: of it. Yes. yes. Whenever he's like, man, actually, what if I want to hang out on these three verses for the next week? Like, then what? Yes. Like, because there's so much more that he wants to show you or because he wants to go deeper. Mm-hmm. That's why I think, why I love that, Dr. Tracy, you started this Devo with everything flowing from relationship. Mm-hmm. Everything that whether it's our passions or whether it's what recharges us or like that everything has to come out of that
2: relationship with him. It has to, there's no option.
0: Yeah. And think about, I mean, let's look like, I mean, our greatest example is going to be Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so like, how did he recharge?
1: So he, you know, it says he went into the wilderness to pray, which to me has says that shows two things. One, he went to pray, which is amazing to me to think about that. He's, fully God and fully man, but he still had to reconnect every single day or whatever his time frame was with yeah. the Father. And he even says, I'm just going to do what the Father shows me or tells me. Mm-hmm. And so he still had to do that. And I think that's legit on his side, but but he's also doing it as an example to us that we need to do the same thing. And then the second thing that, that kind of throws me a little bit on that is that he went into the wilderness. I was like, gosh, why couldn't you go somewhere? He said, nice. I mean... <laughs> You know, it's like, cause, like yes. the, you talked about self-care, like you're going to get a massage and it's going to be really cool. and Or, you know, you'll go to your favorite... Um, Kick up your feet. Yeah. You'll go to your favorite uh, beautiful place, like in the mountains or, you know, or overlooking this, this um, amazing landscape sort of thing. But he goes to the desert. I mean, it's like... And, and several years ago, I was in Israel, and it really hit me. We were driving somewhere, and it was like the guide was telling us, this is where a lot of miracles took place in a certain chapter of the Bible, and it was like nothing out there. <laughs> I mean, there's like, it's total desert, and it's yeah. like no green grass. There's just a bunch of rocks. And so when I I read that, that he went into the wilderness to pray, I'm like, couldn't you like, you know, do that in a, in a nice place, like maybe overlooking the lake or... Or some place that you know a resort, or yeah. <laughs> but he went to the hard place, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. wow, I've got a lot to learn. There's, so even when the, in those places that don't look very appealing, he went there to pray yeah. to reconnect with the Father.
0: But that's where, it, I mean, what recharged Jesus was always the Father. Yeah, every single time.
1: So he wasn't recharged by the, the nice vista and the nice right mountain view or whatever. It was all 100% relational for him.
0: And that's it. And I'm thinking like, and what this shows me, because a lot of times we think that the recharge is going to be at a certain place, Mm -hmm. or man, if I could just get home and kick up my feet, or man, if I could just get three hours, you know, where I can just be and not have anything, but that, but look at what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just not true because he was old. He was traveling. Right. He didn't even know most of the time where he was gonna sleep mm-hmm. until it the Lord revealed it until then someone else would confirm it, right? Or be like, Hey, come stay with me or invite him in. And so like this just this especially I think in American culture. We're just so used to our comforts. Yes. And that leaning on our comforts as a thing that's going to recharge or refuel us. Mm-hmm. But if you actually look at the life of Jesus, it was always the Father sustaining him. Yes. And it was always when he would go away and get to a quiet place alone and pray, or how he saw and did what the Father was doing, and mm-hmm. how he spoke what the Father was doing. It was that level of dependency on his Father in relationship that recharged him Mm -hmm. so i think sometimes we think that we need yeah we
2: have to have the perfect circumstance right (laughs) and we want to create the perfect circumstance for others yeah
0: oh yeah you know come in and watch this tv show with me for five hours and we're gonna feel great yeah let's Have snacks and I'm talking about myself right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's just get some cookies and some popcorn and throw on a Disney movie or whatever the thing is, you know, like, and that's going to recharge, but that is not go, if that Mm -hmm. is what you're doing, that's, Oh, if it's in the place of God, recharging you or taking that place, it's actually called idolatry. I'm getting hot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's move on. (laughs) So so just to wrap up, we've talked about being refueled, right? So now can we look at the things that absolutely just drain us? Because in your Devo, Tracy, you go from here's like once you've established what refuels you, then let's look at the things that drain us. So Sandy, you want to kick us off and read this excerpt? Okay. So it says, "We we all have these things
1: that we have to do but would rather not. The question I want us to look at would be, uh, are those things that drain you the things that you have to do? I've never found anywhere in Scripture where God wants us to do things that absolutely drain us. Now, don't misunderstand. There's a difference between not liking something, being tired afterwards, or just being absolutely drained. Being drained is talking about being totally empty. It would be like someone putting a large hole in your gas tank. No matter how much fuel you'll put in, it just runs out. Typically, I've found that those things that drain people aren't always huge things. Nothing drains me more than having to read an instruction manual or watching a tutorial. Truth. (laughs) (laughs) If I can flip to the part I need, I'm good. But if I have to go through it completely to find out what I need, it's daunting. So I have people in my life that enjoy that type of attention to detail. They research and read it all, give me the highlights, and everyone is happy. In the same way, if they had to make... Uh, a quick decision, they would absolutely not have any fuel left in their tank, which is why they have people like me in their life. But what if the task you are think, <clears throat> thinking about has to be done by you? I believe if uh, it, it truly has to be done by you, then maybe it's as simple as changing your perspective. As we're talking about who we are, it may seem odd that we're even spending time on things that put a hole in your tank. We can't just look at one little part, we have to look at the bigger picture. It all goes together. Take a moment to make a list of the things you do on a regular basis uh, that you don't like. Once you have your list, determine if you, if you just don't enjoy them or if the activity really drains you. Before going to the next step, take a moment with Jesus. Ask him to give you fresh eyes as you dive deeper into your list. Now look at your list, the things you don't enjoy. Why? For example, I don't enjoy uh, laundry, but I do enjoy having options when I go to the closet. So as I do laundry, I keep my focus on what I might want to wear next week and how much I love crawling into bed with freshly washed sheets. Many of the things we do that we just don't like to do are things that we still have to do. So find the joy in it and look beyond the activity. Here's the harder thing. On your list, look at those things that put a hole in your gas tank. Are they really things you have to do or are they things that you just think you have to do? Ask Jesus. And if there are things that you have to do, Does he have someone that he's placed in your life to help you? Often we are more concerned about being seen as weak, that we don't even notice that the people God has placed in our lives to help us with those tasks that we could release to someone else. When we have a hole in our tank, we often are so busy trying to fill the hole, we believe we have to uh, just have total control just to keep going. When in fact, if we would allow others to help, we'd be able to fill the hole and keep it going forward. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's good. And I can tell you that on my end, like how you, yours is the manual, Dr. Tracy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I think the things that just suck the very life and blood and air out of me.
2: (laughs) That's dramatic.
0: (laughs) Is it? Our organizational tasks, Mm. like putting things up or sorting through clothes or counting hundreds and hundreds of product or which is what we do
1: at no boundaries a lot of times
0: yes or making space for things to like fit on like here's the thing i'm not trying to be dramatic or anything but it feels (laughs) like my brain is literally going to melt out of my ears Mm -hmm. like that i just can't stand it that's the hole in my gas tank but here's also then what i know is that i like how you say like perspective like you can change your perspective. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is that perspective shifts everything. And I know that if I can take a second and just get a different perspective, if it's something that I do, in fact, like have to do, like everything changes. So just what you wrote, it's exactly what you wrote. And I know the biggest one for me is that one time I asked Jesus, this is the biggest perspective change. I said, Jesus, have is there something that you've had to seriously do that you really just didn't want to?
2: Mm.
0: And can you talk about being brought to your knees? Like, I mean, it, he went to the cross and that wasn't his most favorite moment. Do you know? I mean, he did it out of a love mm-hmm. sacrifice. And it says for the joy set before him. But he had a moment where he asked Father God.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: You take the cup away from Is him. there any other way? Yeah. And there wasn't. And if Jesus... But he can, still said yes. Right. He still so, said yes. yes, because if he could shift the perspective yeah. to not on his, what his... Knowing what he was going to endure, but because of what would happen because of it, that we'd be set free yes. and made right and be able to commune with our Father. Like, if he could do that... Then like the little organizational thing or counting mm-hmm. the product, like suddenly it's like, <laughs> Molly, if this is so, like, this is something that we have to do just as an, I mean, y'all know as an organization, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of behind the scenes. And I remember <laughs> I was talking to one of our teammates and we were counting uh, toothpastes <laughs> and. Because we hand out, uh, you know, we hand
1: out like gifts and basic
0: Like Uh, hygiene hygiene products
1: products and that sort of stuff, the people on the streets.
0: And so we had just gotten this huge donation of toothpaste that incredibly thankful for. But we had to count them so that we could know how many we could give out for our Christmas outreaches Mm -hmm. one year. And I'm sitting there and I just looked at her and she's looking at me. And I was like, one minute we're preaching the gospel in Africa and evangelizing. And then the next we're counting toothbrushes, (laughs) like the life of a missionary. (laughs) But That little perspective shift, I mean, when he just said, like, if we just ask him, because there's nothing that that we're asked to do that he can't relate to us on. Mm -hmm. There's not one single thing, not one. And so if it really is, like you said, something we have to do, if we can just say, man, Jesus, then get my heart right, Mm -hmm. then get my heart right and bear witness and let me bear witness to something that you've had to do. And like, if this is just a small little taste of that, then like, man, count me in. Like the two can't even, you can't even put counting toothpaste and crucifixion next yeah, to each other. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't think on that thing and then be in any way bitter or annoyed or drained from the task that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you can't hold both of those thoughts
2: in your head. Oh, so good. What do you think? I think you summed it up really well. Mm-hmm. You know, when we when we think on those things, yeah, yeah, it just changes our perspective. You know, and it makes the why. If we look at the why we're doing it, mm-hmm. sometimes not what we're doing, but yeah. And I think the
1: verse that you had mentioned about he he did it for the joy set before him, and I've had to really tell myself that several times. You know that Jesus did the hard thing. You know, yeah, that he and he did it with joy. And, you know, I just can't imagine, like, what he went through for us. And he's on the cross. And while he's on the cross, he's forgiving those people that put the nails in his hands and mm-hmm. his feet. And he's forgiving all those people that lied about him, that sort of thing. And then he turns around and he sees his mom in the crowd. And he's like, you know, I care for her. So, John, can you take care of my mom? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's even he's even remembering his relatives, you know. So, I don't know. It's... I mean, he's such a
2: good example, such a beautiful example for us. And I love the fact that he doesn't say, you know, you crazy person, you're, you're complaining about yeah. this. And do you remember what I went through for you? <laughs> he says, I love you. I know this is hard, but let's do it together. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Right?
1: Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah.
2: And if we can
0: activate our imaginations mm-hmm. to see him. And to see that on our behalf, that he made a way, like you just, it shifts everything that you do. And in relationship, then if that's the thing that you're focused on, everything that you do will come from that. And there will be real fruit that people will be able to tell. Like, man, Molly, you were able to count 500 (laughs) toothbrushes. And you're like, man, because I know what Jesus did for me on the cross. (laughs) Like, there's going to be fruit to it. Yes. Yes. And so Sandy, we know that for Dr. Tracy, that her, uh, what drains her is the manuals. And oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We know for so you shouldn't work at Ikea. Right? Don't do oh it. no, <laughs> I could never. <laughs> and for me, it's going to be the organizational tasks. But for you, what just drains you? Well, I think
1: like for me, um, I like you guys are extroverts on the introvert. So I tend to be on the other end of the scale on things. And so one, I like tasks. I, I, I actually like tasks. I'm a more of a task-oriented person cuz wow. I feel like I have completion at the end of the day on some mm-hmm. some of the tasks. But so for me it's some of it is relational like if there's drama going on, I just I mean that just totally drains me. I I don't like the whole I don't like drama like conflict sort of yeah. you know, drama mm-hmm. things that are in relationships or um so that really really drains me or small talk. I'm not very good at small talk and like I can feel my like stress level when I know I have to do some small talk, like <laughs> maybe there's new people in the room or something. I can just feel the stress level rising in me, and my face probably turns red, and I'm like, and for the extroverts who don't understand what I'm about to say, so then I, in my mind I'm like, oh my god, what am I going to say, you know? And so <laughs> I run through the, the ten different things that maybe I can say, and then right. where, and then where's the the one percent. Uh, that I have in common with that person. All these thoughts run simultaneously in my head, you know. Wow. So that thing, at the end of the day, ends up draining me. And so uh, a lot of my teammates know know that. And so, like, if we've had some big function where I have to talk, and, like, all of us have to talk to people we don't know and spend that day, by the end of the day, they know, just just leave Sandy alone. She needs, a, you know, a little, yeah. a little time to recoup and everything. So those are the things that kind of drain me. And I'm sure, you know, there'll probably be a bunch of people that can relate to that, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: I bet. And that then would we, be draining. And then we know how to cover, you know? Like, because then we can, I know when I see Sandy, like in a, just <laughs> on a personal level, like if we're in a group setting or if there's mingling and I see you by yourself, you like... You the
1: see my face start yeah, turning so red. Then I'll just
0: go up and just join in on the conversation or, you know... At yeah. which point
1: in my head I'm going, oh, thank God.
0: Like... <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so good. So okay. So then as we've talked about the things that fuel us and we've talked about the things that drain us, I do think um that it's important that we touch on obviously that we want to do more of what fuels us, right? Like, and I know that at no boundaries are really we've set it up or y'all've set it up to where it's really a strengths, a strengths-based organization. And so Dr. Tracy, I like how you say it's not to say that we don't all have to do things that we don't necessarily want to do, but we don't have to make those the main things that we're contributing. Right. Like the main things that we're contributing to the organization doesn't need to be the things that drain us. So like that just that wouldn't even make sense. Because when God he formed each of us. And if he's the one who placed what we like inside of us and what we don't like inside of us, and then we know that. And so then we know that he's the one who created us on purpose for a purpose, knowing what he would offer to the world through us, like through what we like and what we don't like. And there's a reason why, because those things will either advance Advance the gospel and how he originally made us to do them, right? And like, that's the whole point. And so I know that if my strength, me, Molly, that if my strength is in communicating that I'm extroverted, and then I like, unlike Sandy, I love tons of interaction (laughs) with tons of different people all throughout the day, that I know that I don't need to go get a career in accounting. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to go get a career in have you seen those shows where they come in and they organize your closet for you? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't need to go get a career in
2: that. Probably not your calling,
0: <laughs> right? And I'd be miserable because I'd be missing the very thing that God put inside of me. And so, like, not to say that as a ministry we don't have to sometimes count the toothbrushes or that we don't have to go organize the closet or the three sheds. Like, not to say that that's that we. Don't have to do right. those sometimes, but then that won't be... That's the, not your dominating thing for right. what you do. But that's not the thing that I'm consistently doing and offering. Yeah. Like, But know. I will say
1: all those things that, like the counting the toothpaste and organizing all that contribute to the overall mission of our organization and yeah. any organization. And so you, you you're becoming a good team player by doing that. Right, but you're but I understand what you're saying too, which is highly important that so you're starting to recognize um you know what the giftings are that God has put you in and and how that plays into your purpose that he's that he's call- the calling that he has on your life, yeah, yeah,
0: but that's what that's how you guys have set it up, though, like talk a little a little bit about that, um like how have you guys set it up to where you are figuring? out and walking with people as they figure out what fuels them and then placing them
2: in within your organizations. I think for us, you know, when, especially when it's a new person, because then they come in and we may not know them very well either. Yeah. And so it's going to take some time and relationship, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and what's so funny is most of the time when they come in and they say, oh, this is, this is what I love to do. This is what I want to do. Most of the time, that's not what they end up loving or end up wanting. You know, they recognize, wait, there's something else. I really love this part of it. Mm -hmm. And it's not anything that they would have ever picked. Yeah. Um, And it's not necessarily what we would have picked initially for them. Yeah. So it becomes a discovery process for them and you. Yes. Mm. Yes. And so we just have to, in relationship, walk that out and help them to see um, because I think a lot of times they get stuck in, well, this is what I've always done. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I did this and this and this at my job or in another ministry or, you know, so this is what I have to do here. Instead mm-hmm. of saying, Jesus, what do you have for me? Yeah, that's good. And trusting him in that. Yes. That's so good. I know whenever
0: I, um, like, even when I first started at No Boundary is like, uh, Sandy, you and Dr. Lori are Oklahoma City as our people who run Oklahoma City. When I was first starting, they're like, OK, you're going to treat it like a buffet. Yeah. And so like when you plug in. And so during my internship, like I did everything. Yes. Yeah. Like I did every outreach. I did every task thing. I like just got a taste of the overall picture of mm-hmm. what you mm-hmm. what you guys did. And then over time would kind of fine tune where I would fit. Mm -hmm. And so like out of everything that we've done, but then Molly, where do you fit within, like within the overall vision and within the overarching vision of here's what we do. And then you kind of get to figure out like where you, what fuels you whenever you plug in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think Tracy, you said, like when people first come, they think it's going to be one thing and it ends up being something completely different. <sighs> mm-hmm. it's so and fun. I totally had that experience. <laughs> <laughs> and I think because I had this moment where on paper, like just based off of like, whatever the things that have happened to me and the things that I've walked out of, you would really think, and I thought this for a long time, that my heart was going to be with, tons and tons and tons of outreach driven that like I would be the one that wanted to you know be at every single thing and I love outreach like you know what I mean like yeah. I still I love outreach but really what I learned in all of this was that I love communicating like I love outreach but man when I can sit in podcast like this like I mean y'all can't see me but I'm like up, like I'm sitting on the edge of my chair, my arms are going like, I'm excited. (laughs) And I'm getting refueled doing this. And I love it. And so where it looked like that, that's was going to be the direction that I was going to take. And I'll still go on outreach. And I still love people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But man, when I plugged into actually, though, here's what I can contribute is I want to let's podcast and let's like, have conversations about what God is doing. That's the thing that really makes me come alive. I love it.
1: (laughs) And I think, too, that um, so the process you described earlier with yourself, with Molly, and then what Dr. Tracy was saying with people coming in through the door. So a lot of times we kind of call that a taste and see. Mm -hmm. And it's especially uh, helpful with younger people like, you know, high school, college and their mid 20s, people that quite aren't quite sure of their own giftings or where God's calling them. And uh, and uh, and so we call it the taste and see thing, where you just try everything in the buffet, like you just yes. said, you know, within our organization, and and then like you did the process you described, is that person begins to see the giftings that God's put in them, hmm. uh, and then that helps them define more of the purpose that God wants them to do, and then you know one thing that that kind of spoke to me is um, I, maybe you guys know who Joyce Meyer is. I don't. She's yeah. a, an older woman that had a ministry for many years a uh, very uh, large ministry where she's on stage communicating with people. And somebody asked her a long time ago, so how how did you get into this sort of scenario with, I mean, large conferences that you're the main speaker and you're a gifted speaker and you're always pointing people to the Bible? And and she said, yeah, but I didn't do that. Like for years, I didn't know early on. I had no clue what I wanted to do. And so I just felt like I should try everything. And then through the trying everything, God showed me where my giftings were. And then it started in the living room with just having a Bible study with two or three people. And, and as first it was kind of awkward. And then I kind of, I started, you know, getting a rhythm with that. And so through that experience, Emma, here it is years later. And now she's like pointing people, pointing thousands of people to Christ. But she didn't start off knowing I'm going to be this you know, international speaker, and I'm going to have thousands, you know what I mean? She just was listening to Jesus. She wasn't sure what to do. So let's just try a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And then God led her on that journey to like what her purpose was and how to do it. But she had to start humble with just two or three people in the living room. And I've heard that other other ministers have described that same experience of starting small.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then if you, so just like with me, then, so what I'm hearing is that there was a reason why you guys said just try everything and then we'll figure it out. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you have to be patient in that process, yeah. Too, you you know. know, yeah, that's a, I mean, here we are five years down the road, and that it was really only in the last like year, maybe, that I was like, oh, like, I yeah. know, like, this is what makes me come alive. Like, I love these things, but this is where I come alive, yeah, you know, and that's like which watching our uh outreach director, Michelle, in the Oklahoma City location. She comes alive on outreach. If you mm-hmm. even spend more than like five seconds with her, uh-huh. you know, like that this is where she's meant to be. Like she, you, we go down the road in our car and you just see people that flock to us. And it doesn't matter whether we're on quote unquote outreach time or whether we're just going to the grocery store right like people know her and she has a relationship with him and you can see the light Mm -hmm. that comes in her eyes whenever she's doing exactly what she knows she's created for yes it's awesome but i think
1: too that the reason we're having the discussion is because you know one of the number one questions that people have especially christians is what's my purpose in life and so we're just Mm -hmm. trying to to you know like put out there on the table, different scenarios of how people have discovered their purpose in life. Mm -hmm. You know, with your Molly's, your story and and Dr. Tracy's um, interactions with people that come through the door and uh, just kind of putting that out there as a, as a way to, for you just to kind of walk down that journey of finding out what your, your purpose and plan is through Christ. And you have to do that, like with the continual conversation with Jesus and looking at the, the word at the Bible all those things together, and yeah, I mean, you'll really grow and mature in what uh, what he wants for you.
0: Yeah, Sandy, did you always know that you would be discipling at this level?
1: No, not a clue.
0: Yeah. So, what was that like? like well, I mean, like, again,
1: or... I'm a introvert, so like, you know, the fact, like, like the the sentence. Discipling lots of people—that would mean you'd be in front of people, <laughs> and that would be a anxiety-ridden thing. So you know, I've had to kind of grow into that, yeah. and and so my confidence is—I I mean, it sounds a little—it uh, sounds a little weak, but I mean, my confidence is not in myself because I just—I mean, I I don't find it enjoyable to go in front of ma- big groups of people, but but my but I enjoy the word and I enjoy my relationship with Christ, and I want other people to find that, and so. I don't know. That's, that may not answer your that question. That does answer the fully, question, but... but
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, because you stay in your in the thing that refuels you as being the Bible and being like that time that you have with him and searching for his heart, like then naturally, whenever you're around people, like Sandy, that's what comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's what comes out. But I think too, okay, so I'm in my
1: 50s, and I feel like I've wasted a lot of years in a religious mindset. Mm-hmm. In other words, I grew up in a church— and not all churches are like this, and I'm not trying to diss the church, you know, as at large, but a lot of them have, like, the religious mindset of obey the rules and f- fulfill the checkbox. And yeah, and I, I just never got the concept that this, that really following Christ is a relationship. And and so, what does that look like? So I spent a lot of years doing it wrong. Well, mm-hmm. I feel is wrong. Like, and not connecting with the heart of Jesus. And so my heart is just like, man, if I can help somebody else skip good 20, 30 years of doing it wrong, I am all for it, you know? Yeah. And so if we can just, let's just put it out there about like, how... You come alive in that relationship yes. and how you really connect with Christ, and so he gives you that hope and purpose every single day instead of the ch- checkbox thing, which is exhausting. Yes, it's just so exhausting. And I, there's been some moments in my past where I'm just like, God, you can have it all because this is really tiring, mm.
0: because I was <laughs> mm-hmm. doing it wrong, right. right.
1: And so if I can help somebody skip a good 20, 30 years, I'm all for it. Yes.
0: <laughs> and I think you do. I mean, really, like mm-hmm. I think you have. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I've only been walking with the Lord for five years under y'all, you know, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm. there's just things that, that I've gotten to learn by being under a leadership that their heart is to help the next generation of believers walk it out and like walk it out and see God correctly in it that it does wonders. Like in all the people that we minister to, like there's fruit, mm-hmm. there's fruit in it. So Well, it's not
1: it's not like we and I'm sure Tracy would probably say the same thing. It's not like we have all the answers. Right. <laughs> I mean, we're still trying to figure this thing out too, you know, but like let's all like let's just go on this journey together. As long as it's relational and it's like connecting with the heart of Jesus every mm-hmm. single day and that we keep our eyes on him and we know his character and his nature as as it is described in the word. Yeah. So it's you know, it is a big journey it's and it's interesting at the beginning of the podcast that you had mentioned about how let's try to think of how you describe it like it's a discovery process that yeah. Jesus mm-hmm. wants us, or God wants us to go in a discovery process and that's exactly how the bible is written yes mm. and so in Jewish mindset when the bible was written um, they don't do the facts like here's the facts yeah what they do is they describe a story and they take the reader on a journey Mm-hmm. And so what they want is the reader to discover things on mm-hmm. their own, because when you discover it, it's way more impactful yes. in your heart than like, here's the facts, just yeah. memorize the facts, you know? And when you discover those things, man, you won't forget them. Yeah. yeah. And they really impact your your mind and your heart in a huge way. And that's how the Bible is written. And then you you described it well, that Jesus wants you to discover
2: him in this journey. Mm-hmm. And I love that he he doesn't give us everything all at one time. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I love that. Other times I'm like, okay, Jesus, just, <laughs> just let's do the whole picture of my time. But, you know, I think about even when we started the Amarillo base, you know, if he would have shown me what that was going to look like.
1: You would have run. I would have run. I mean, yeah. you know,
2: because I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And so as he, he's kind, he's kind and he just gives us what we can handle. Mm hmm. And he prepares us. And when we get that down, then he adds to that next layer and he adds and he continues to build on it. Yeah. You know, I mean like it's to me, that's just really incredible that he gives us those treasures as we're ready to to mm-hmm. find them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's all throughout.
0: I mean, look at the life of David or Joseph, mm-hmm. like they're going along in their way, like just loving God and doing then what the next thing yeah. is. And that's, that's the discovery process. It's so good. So do you guys have any final thoughts, final words?
1: No, I think I've, I think at least for me, I've rambled on quite a yeah. bit here. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> me too. I think it's been really fun. All right. Well, then here is what I'm hearing. Is that in relationship, God created us with certain things. And we established in the last one that there's certain passions that will drive us that will drive us and that it's going to either going to be towards the kingdom of heaven or not. And then now looking at today's, we talked about the things that refuel us, the things that recharge us. And if we look at the life of Jesus, the thing that always was recharging him and was his constant fuel source was going to be his father. And that we can have that too, because we know Jesus, and because of his example, we know that that's our inheritance as well, that we can continually have relationship with the Father and that that's going to be the thing that sustains us. And as he sustains us, he'll drop into our hearts, certain recharges and passions within and that he'll move us from the things that drain us. And that whenever we have to do the things that are draining us, he's always with us because he's gone before us and he's done the hard things ahead of time that he went to the cross and that not one thing can compete with innocence crucified. And so as we press in, I think the invitation here today is to just ask him, just ask him, Lord, what recharges me? Jesus, is there anything that I can let go of? that's draining me? Is there anywhere that I'm not operating in my true identity as a son or daughter of Christ? Is there anything that you have for me today? And if there's areas that we need to repent in where we've called it refueling or we've called it self-care, but really it was just idolatry and sin. Is there anything that we can turn from and say, Jesus, help us be disciplined in love. Help us capture your heart. Help us know your heart in it. And that that's the invitation. So we thank you guys for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.